Welcome to the Voice of Hope with Marcia Weigum. Marcia promises to be transparent and honest, to help you to rise and pursue your inborn potential to live your best life. She shares stories of faith, adversity, victory, healing, and resources to inspire your rise. Here now is Marsha Weigum. Thank you so much for joining us one more time on the Voice of Hope podcast. I know I could always find you here because I always leave you with the promise that I'm coming back. And as you know, <laughs> my whole mission is to help you rise, overcome, and live your full potential. I can't do this alone. You know that. So I always promise you that we're going to bring some guests on who is going to share their story, their story of hope, of victory, and of adversities, as things that they have learned to help you rise, overcome, and live your full potential. And today's guest is Nancy Dent. Beautiful. Nancy. Nancy, an advocate for human potential. She's a Reiki master. She's going to tell us all about that. I told her that she's going to say it better than I do. She's a certified emotional freedom technique. technique. She's also an expert in all things Chloe. Like me, Nancy has a daughter who is unique. And I tell you, you know, it's so, it's so uh, fascinating when we get those diagnoses that our kids are gonna be different. Oftentimes we don't get the right information behind the doors. And you know, when I say behind the doors, we're talking about the doctor's offices or on the phone when they call us. So she is, surpasses all of the connotations. She have been through some stuff. She have learned some lessons and that's what she's here to do today. Nancy, say hi. Hello everyone. <laughs> and thank you for having me here. <laughs> awesome. So let's do a quick little housekeeping. So if you like what you hear in this podcast, Voice of Hope podcast, I want you to keep sub subscribing, sharing, email us with all your questions, your prayer requests, or probably whatever there is, we're here to serve you. And if you're joining us for the first time and you still even more like all the stuff that we're doing here, and you want to partner with us financially to help us to get those podcasts out and everything else that podcast-wise to make it more friendly and beautiful, go ahead and email us at marshallweigum at gmail.com or there's, there'll be a link that said uh, PayPal, but you know, this is the internet, so you don't have to do nothing. But guess what? We're going to serve you anyway. So let's go right into it. Nancy, who are you? Um, well, I am this, I'm, uh, my vision is, is that every person deserves the right to be free of suffering and to be free of labeling. That is my absolute drive every day. It's the drive that has kept my daughter going and getting to where she is. Today. Awesome. Uh, 
take us on a journey because I, I know you just didn't get up one day and just have the baby. Where, where, where are you from? Let's, take us on that journey right there. Where did Nancy grow up? I know you're that farmer okay. in Australia. <laughs> well, I was a farmer back home in Canada as well. So I grew up in um, small town Saskatchewan, right next to the Montana border in America. And uh, I have a mom and dad and a brother in a pretty isolated part of the world. Hmm. But I always dreamed of more than what was available to me. And nice. that's just, it sort of took me, I had some tr- childhood troubles as we all do and we all like to rebel. And, right. um, and, I, ran, and I ran away to Australia. And um, How long so ago did time, you do that? I, Oh, 20 years ago. Marcia. Okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been nearly longer in Australia than I was in Canada. So I did that and I traveled around in the outback and met my husband and fell in love with him ASAP mm. and hung out for a while. And then we got married and had our first daughter with very little complications. Everything was pretty smooth and easygoing. Uh, then went on to have two miscarriages and they weren't as traumatic as probably as what they could have been. They were pretty early on and and I was pretty healthy and active. So I didn't take them on too, I suppose, too deeply. Like they, they hurt, but not as deeply as they had. And then we went to try again. And what happened was, is that, well, I actually don't know what happened. This is probably where the trauma really started to set in in my life. Mm-hmm. I had to have an, uh, a termination at four months pregnant and no one sort of told me why. And I think I was in shock. So I went to go and have my first scan. La da 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 da. They told me I wasn't allowed to go home. I then went straight into hospital, had this termination. And then my whole world changed because mm-hmm. I had probably some issues before as we all do life sort of co- compiles over time. And, you know, we're not exactly living out our, our vision very well and living under our values. But this really set, um, well, I suppose, yeah, some pretty tough times happened because of what what happened. And I lost trust in my body. So Mm -hmm. when when women's bodies let them down, I think we lose our self-worth. And because women have a little, will have more self-doubt than what men do, it can escalate even deeper. And that's what happened to me. The fear mm-hmm. set in, I lost trust in my body and I really didn't want to conceive again right. because of what happened to me. And I didn't want my oldest daughter to be an only child in this country when she had no family really. And right. so we decided to try again, even though I was encompassed with fear. Mm. Yeah, so we became pregnant, um, or I became pregnant again. And what happened was is that I probably knew something was wrong in my body, and the health system couldn't see anything. And they kept telling me it was fine, but I knew there was something wrong. And just because of all the previous experiences, we had to have all those tests and they showed everything was fine, but I knew in my body that something was wrong. So Nancy, you said, thank you so much for sharing. You said that you had a termination. Do you mind telling us a little bit more? Was it advised by your doctor for this termination? Yeah. Was it, a medical- um, I, it was a really 
confusing time for me now and I realize how confusing it was and I wish I would have known better and I wish I would have had my power yeah. or had someone to discuss with because I was actually mustering cattle. I had my I had my dogs tied to the fence at home. Uh, pregnancy was easy. I was not sick. So I was a little bit late going for the scan. And, um, but I was healthy. I was as active. Like I've been pretty active my entire life. And, um, and I went in there, but when we went in, when the doctor did the scan, there was like red flags galore, but I was going, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. What are you talking right. about? Um, and they said that my life was in danger because of what the baby was. And I was going, I don't think so. <laughs> You've got this all wrong. And through that whole situation of confusion, and I can't even really describe it, Marcia. It was a yeah. system, the system in place is wrong. They do not support women through trauma. They're not trauma informed. There is no support to understand. All I remember of that time in my life was that there's, you're going to die. Your life is in danger. You're going for an amniocentesis. I went for an amniocentesis. I then went into the private hospital. I then had a termination. Holy mackerel. My whole life was turned upside down. Well, I don't know how to say that, but my life definitely took a turn for the worst. I think what I'm trying to understand, and I think if I'm trying to understand it, maybe somebody else is trying to understand too, was this termination, you said your termination, the amniocentesis, was it because the child was having a, developmental diagnosis or something was going on with a child well, they, told me, they told me that my life was in danger like there was something wrong with the baby but my, there was something impacting my life that it had to happen that day and i was perfectly healthy so they don't tell you what well, was going Marcia, on i think in the trauma and the shock right i think i have become dissociated from the information that was put in place. Right, right. Like I think that, and because the doctors, they're not trauma trained, there is mm -hmm. no counselors. Like, and 14, 13 years ago, there was nothing there for women in that case. And because I am on my own, with mm -hmm. my husband, but really I was on my own, I showed up for my own. Yes. It was quite traumatic. It was really, um, it was quite traumatic. So I think that, in my way of coping with the trauma, yes, I've buried that so far deep in my body. It hasn't been recovered even through all the healing work I've done. I have acceptance that I had this happen, but the actual what happened, all why not, it happened, um, yeah, has it's been not, still it's still buried somewhere. No, are you are you good right now with where you had with you know that situation? Was yeah, well, I'm okay now. Like, yes, like, I don't think I'm okay because I think there's still confusion. And I think that's probably one place in my life that probably I need to go back to. But am I okay sharing my story and empowering women to actually ask questions, to have someone there to support you before you make decisions, get a second, um, you know, a second opinion, really yes. just nurture yourself during that time and do not take someone else's word as gospel because it's not necessarily what's right for you and so i really saying, love to empower women to believe that right so you're saying aren't women on the families right now probably were expecting or thinking about you know starting a family you're saying don't just leave it all up to your to your, to your doctor's information dig a little bit deeper as to why asking more questions 
or ask. bring somebody along. Yeah, bring someone along and ask, but really then trust yourself. Like I think, you know, women, we know our bodies. We know what's going on. We have an amazing intuition. Like we're mothers for a reason, you know, mm. like that's why we are created the way that we are in our in all our complications yes is <laughs> because we are so intuitive and beautiful and nurturing and when um, a health system takes that away from us it's setting us up for parenting as a failure like it's setting us up to doubt ourselves as our children grow and evolve and when they're babies and when we know when they're sick or when we know we need to go to the doctor if we don't if we're not taught that in the very beginning you know we're already setting our children the the mother's up but the baby's up for trauma as well so we really right. need to look at creating a beautiful space for women to learn to trust themselves before they go into motherhood i'm just thinking about that probably teen mom right now or that first time mom you know when you said you know you have lost trust in your body what does that mean explain to us what does that mean so we can understand as i know the red flag as to you know, this is when, when, when we're lost in trust, this is what sort of happens. Oh, I think when you okay. lose trust in your body, I think what it looks like for me is that you're just constantly doubting yourself. You're feeling mm. deep moments of sadness, of regret, you know, feeling shame in your body mm -hmm. or you're second doubting yourself. So you're always asking questions and trying to do things other what other people say instead of trusting what your instincts are. And when those things start showing up, you know, you start having a baby that's restless. Um, the doctors start prescribing medication because they might say that you have, you know, depression. You might have all these things that show up after motherhood. But really, those things show up because we don't trust ourselves. So we mm -hmm. start having to more doctor's visits. We're starting to be anxious. We're starting to have marital problems. We're starting to, you know, become defensive because we're not being aligned with who we truly are and we're not being true to those values that, that we align with. And I think when we start behaving in those ways, there needs to be a red flag alert to say to people, you're not actually being true to yourself right now. Let's yeah. just take a moment. And whether you go for a counselor, whether you go to whatever it may be, I'm not gonna highly recommend nurses <laughs> unless they're trauma trained or they're an integrative practice because Really, we need to understand where this emotional disconnection from ourselves comes from. And really, that's what's happening to us. You know, women are emotionally driven. And when we become disconnected to that emotional part of us, we become a basket case. Marsha, to be honest with you, because that's who we are. Like we are, we are emotionally driven. And when if we don't, if we're not emotionally regulated, things become very chaotic in our world. Hmm. Those are some, those are some questionable moments right there these are like things i'm hearing questions through like when you said uh you know there's a lot of things that go around at times like who are we right who are we truly are who are we so that that one woman right now who's probably she's expecting and you know she's hearing her, her podcast later down and she's wondering so you know in under to understand why um who are we truly are then so we can get an understanding so that well, we can regulate our emotions so that we're not, we don't get emotionally disconnected, especially if we are expected or planning and expected soon. 
Well, I think we're all a gift from God. So that is something that's very, very powerful for us to relate to. And I've really had to do some thinking about that, especially in the last week after a conversation with, with this gentleman. Mm-hmm. And, but I think I've always known that, but we actually, I don't think we actually embrace that we are the gift. And, and I think through having a child with a developmental diagnosis, I think that you actually start to embrace that we actually are gifts. We are not burdens to this world. We are gifts. Because mm-hmm. I now look at my daughter 12 years on, and I know that my life would not be anything what it would be, what it is now if the gift hadn't come into my world. Wow. Because I am no longer the person that I was 12 years ago. And you- even though it's been quite an experience <laughs> for 12 years, yeah. I am now coming out the other side with so much gratitude. That's beautiful. I like what you said after receiving your gift and you're talking about Miss Chloe, right? Your life is no longer the, long, longer the same. I know there's probably a mama right now or a dad or a relative who got a diagnosed and our world is turned upside down. I know because I'm that mom too. But when you say that since I received Chloe, because Chloe is a unique child, you're going to tell us more about that or about her. But when you said your life has changed, no, I love that because a woman who's on the journey or a family who's on the journey and don't know what to expect or what to look forward to after getting and hearing that your child is going to be using a wheelchair for the rest of your life or all the adverse things. It's, it's, it sounds like hope to me, right? Tell us a little bit more about that, that, that journey that you have been on that causes your life to be now different, Nancy. Well. <laughs> well, um, and just for your, for your people that listen, uh, a story is only just a story, and I am really stepping into that. Um, I have lived my story very well. Yes. And it's now time to step out of my story. But the story that that I created for 12 years was a very painful one. So it mm. did um, it did involve suicide. Um, it did involve a lot of things that weren't very good. And I suppose for me, that was actually a really powerful moment in time as well. The the end wanting to end my life in this life because it made me more determined when I chose to be more present in life. Um, and that's something that I really, um, I really value now because I've made such a, I made such a big commitment to Chloe when I, de- when I decided that I was going to stay and be an advocate for her. That's my um, keyword right there. Those are my keywords. When you say, when you use word like advocate, oh, uh, all those things those are my keywords. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> right. It's, it's powerful because and I'm and I'm and I'm 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 speaking for that mom who probably get the diagnosis or she she's pregnant with baby right now and you know she's she has one foot in a in a, and one out, right? I love when you use that word that you know 
after receiving your gifts, your life have, have changed so much, right? And you didn't only change. Now I end up hearing you saying you become an advocate. And that's like, well, I'm a big keyword is that when we make that decision that we ain't going to terminate or we ain't going to do the amniocentesis or, you know, when we have that, when we're balanced, right? We'll make the decision. Yeah. And the next thing is going to be the advocacy piece. You keep, keep telling us more. <laughs> You're well, an expert. Share, um, well, for just um, like for those moms that are first starting out um, and they hear that diagnosis for me, I, I didn't, I didn't become an advocate for Chloe at the very beginning. Right. Um, I listened to the doctors and I listened to the no hope and I listened to the labeling and the conditioning and the way that my life was going to be because I had a child with um, a dis disability diagnosis. So I had many years, well, I had 18 months of, I would describe pure hell because what Chloe showed up in the world with was it didn't fit a textbook situation. And what I, what I was living was an absolute chaos. So Chloe was vomiting and screaming. She would vomit, I don't know, all day and scream pretty much 20 hours a day. It was just a living, it was just a living nightmare and took a lot of toll on, you know, on our family. And because what we were showing up with in the health system, there was no, there was no textbook. There was no writings on the wall for what we were showing up with. And so she was just one of those children. And what happened was is that I didn't change my story. I kept the same story because it was the only things that were happening. And so these doctors, I was getting angry. I became violent. I became very defensive. Like they nearly took Chloe off us because I was becoming so angry with this system because I'm going, this is all that's happening. And, and when that changed was when a man said that um, an old doctor came along because we had seen 13 pediatricians. We'd been in and out of hospital. She'd been on drips. She'd been on lots of things. But this man said that this old GP said, she can't see this child. She's she, her eyesight. So we, he got us into a professional, his old mate and Dr. Challoner is still like, he's like a savior to me, Dr. Challoner is. And he said that our daughter was so impacted by her eyesight that she would have been screaming because she had a migraine headache. So the more she screamed, the more she vomited, but no one knew this. And, um, and so the day that we put glasses on her, our life changed. She still had the extreme, I suppose, disability, um, I suppose, symptoms. She had all that sort of stuff, but the, the symptoms of the screaming and the vomiting were like, they stopped instantaneously. And I then got to a point that, um, well, what happened was that I was still giving my power away to the doctors and probably um, a big moment for me when my life changed from disempowerment to empowerment was when I had a car accident. I fell asleep at the wheel and um, I near killed the two of us. I hit a tree mm. and I really then had to decide where I was going because where I was, where I was going was destruction. And so I started this path and started looking further afield and 
my and her life has not stopped improving and you know I've like I've had to face a lot of fears and I suppose a lot of things going on and I also want to share with your new expecting mothers and you too because I I gather you have a number of children is that the adverse childhood experiences that happen to siblings because of having a sibling with a disability also need to be really people parents need to be conscious of that they're real um because a child with a disability takes a lot more attention than a child that doesn't and children's perceptions of what's actually happening are only seen through the eyes of the children not through the eyes of an adult and Mm. I think that's really powerful for families that do have this if there's only one child but if there's siblings just bring awareness to the situation be honest do your best but honesty is the best thing yes yeah that's powerful that's really powerful i'm so grateful for that old as you call it the old g gp who came along and realized what was going on you know there's always that one person come on and say okay this is this is the situation right here when you said uh we you you give your power away to doctors what does that look like what do you mean by that um well for me um it looked it looked like death for me that Hmm. was probably the extreme the the extreme nature of my giving my power away because they just said, well, the more that you accept this, Nancy, that this is now your life and you're going to have to get respite care. This is, you're going to have to accept that this child will not do anything in your life now. And when you accept it, you'll be able to move from it and you can either put her into a home when she's older, or this is going to be your life. Mm. And I'm going, holy, holy dooly. Holy dooly, this, this is not good. This is not good. <laughs> and right. I think it's, um, it's really gut-wrenching. So when you give your power away, I think you become sick. I think you become lost. I think you become lonely. Hmm. I think you become, um, I, you know, for me, I did become depressed, but for me, I became angry. Hmm. I became really I became vicious. I became angry to my oldest daughter. I became angry in people's company because I was going, there is something more to this child. She pats me on the back when she's burped three times. There is something inside this child and you're not listening to me and you know, you're begging for help and yet you are completely vulnerable. And I remember those times going, there's something more in this child and you're not, and you just get angry. Like you go into a for me, I've been angry for a long time. And you go into this fight mode of survival, you're going, and it really is such a, it's, it's a non-productive place. You know, anger Mm. in a moment is fine, but living your life angry is something that is just not, it's not serving anyone in your family and it's not serving your child you know, with that disability, because you really need to come from a much more loving place and a nurturing and inspiring place yes. to reach the next levels of accomplishments. And even though I have, Chloe has done amazing, if I could give any parent is to do the healing work on themselves and to let go of either the embarrassment or the why me's or the shame or 
all of those emotions that come up when you have been given this gift to learn and grow from instead mm-hmm. of hanging on to the lower frequency emotions that right. probably have a benefit for you to reach a higher version of yourself. But in that time, you don't know anything about that. You don't know that right, right. these emotions have a benefit to you. <laughs> You're just in it. Nancy, I want to go right back where in that same vein right there when you said, you know, we're talking about giving your power away and then you're trying to describe for us what does it, what it feels like. Would you say it's probably that motherly instincts inside of us that when oh, we yes. know that we know that we know that we know? Because of course this human being has been created inside our body, right? So that means that there's something, there's something some wisdom to us are you saying then that this this news that we get from the doctor's office and everything that's going against our our kids who are different are you saying that probably is coming from that you know that you know that you know that there's potential there is everything beautiful and somebody's looking at you and telling you all the adverse things oh yeah i just i I feel shaking now (laughs) marcia I'm just like going, yes, Marsha, yes. How can you tell me that my child doesn't have potential? Of course she does. I, I'm watching her. She's, yes, I totally, yep. I'm shaking with inspiration. How about, how about we, should, we should speak directly to that mom or that relative right now who know that they know that they know. Of course, two things. One, this baby is made up on, on our body. We see, we see, we hear the cries, we watch the signs, the doctors out there, right? And also we know that all of us have our potential. We are born with our potential inside of us. I love mm-hmm. to say Nancy is that we are, we're not apples, we're not trees, but just like an apple has its potential inside of it, which is the future seeds, and if it's future seeds, it's future trees, right? So are we. We have every single thing we need to grow, to flourish, to thrive. All we need is that environment and people and, 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 and advocates and parents like you and I who know that we know that we know that what we see in our child is greatness and somebody else is saying this to us. Nancy, speak directly to those parents right now. Because there's moms out there. It, it's not, it does not stop, Nancy. I've read this thing on purpose. I look for the information. I chat people up. And we've come to the conclusion that the information, the right information is missing. And that's what's causing the, the, the depression and the, the emotional disconnected and the, the anger. Like you, you said it perfectly, Nancy. Speak directly to that that mom out here right now. You can scream if you want. Scream Uh, the truth out. Well, probably I could cry. Probably I I want to do. And I want, I'd love, I'm feeling that so much in my body, Marcia, that my feet are tingling. Is that I'd love those mothers to reach out to someone else, to look for another mother that has done maybe what you've done or maybe what I've done and to reach out and just get confirmation that that mother is enough, that her knowing is enough. Yes. And to trust that knowing in the 
in the very essence of her very being and know that there are other mothers out there that have lived her life, that are living her life, that can come and support her. And I think just hearing the words, I think if I would have heard the words that Nancy, you're doing a great job and you're enough and let me, just let oh me share God. your story. Just share your story, Nancy. And as vulnerable and as raw and as absurd as that story is to be held in that story and supported and not try to be fixed, not to be seen as broken, not to be seen as there's something wrong with you because you have a child with this diagnosis, but just to be held in this space. And then being in that space of being held, I think that women can do anything. Yes. And that is a gift that every woman can give another woman is to be held in a space of just complete acceptance. And then women can do amazing things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think if we, if we stay right there a little bit longer, I'm going to shed happy tears. I'm going to sh shed that tears that I hope somebody does see them and just realize it's not because I'm sad, but it's because I know that there's mothers out there right now. There is not only mothers alone, but there's fathers because some mothers that they, they took off, they took off of the ear and all this. And no, Nancy, just like thinking about it, you, you'd understand why they took off. You can understand why a mom would hear disability forever not that's no good no anything no and then she's like okay get this out of my life right you can understand why she would probably take off give the child for adoption and all this stuff and you know what my mission is to give her the right information that you are enough for your child and whatever that child do it oh my god <laughs> right? And whatever your child was meant to be, it's inside of that child. We're not seeds, we're not fish, we're not all these other stuff, but it's not too different. All the potential is inside of it. Do not let anyone tell us what our children's future is going to look like. Nancy, would you agree with that? 100%. Probably 150%. <laughs> <laughs> because I would love, I burnt this, you get a blue book in Australia that tells your kid's story, right? When it's a baby, you go see yes. the doctor and it tells you all these things. And the day that I took my power back is the day that I burnt that blue book. And I said, you know what? You know nothing. And I'm, I'm in control. I am in control. And even though I was angry, and I was still hurting and the pain was still real. I took control. And a few short years ago, my daughter was holding my hand. My daughter is training independently for the cross country race for three kilometers. And this is the first year that she's run the, the, the three kilometer race without assistance. Wait now, I would love to go back and see all those pediatricians that wrote in that blue book that said that it was hopeless just give in because this is the rest of your life and she's not going to do anything. And I'd love to go back and see every single one of those pediatricians and just say, you know what? Look, 
because every time you tell a mom that their child is not going to be something greater than their potential, you are setting up an entire humanity for failure. And I do not want that. Oh, I do not want that to happen. I don't know. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream. Gonna... <laughs> I'm going to scream. You're going to scream. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do some. I have the right to scream thing. And it's not to scream at our mamas, okay? It's not to scream at our family right now who is at home right around the globe right now with a child who doctor says or medical personnel who love our doctors, okay? Our medical personnel says, your child ain't going to come to nothing. This is what it is. And that's what it is. Oh my gosh, there is a, there is a scripture. It says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you a future, plans to give you hope. If you are out there right now listening to the sound of our voice, Nancy Dent, all the way from Australia. Of course, she was from somewhere else before. Is that Canada? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> Canada... <laughs> We're having too much fun around here right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but why are we why are we so happy right now? Why was it always like this? It wasn't always like this. But we knew that we could trust our motherly instinct. We knew that what our child was meant to be, it's not on the surface. It's a thing that it's inside and it needs to be developed. Right? So rest assured, reach out to any one of us. You know, you can find me at Voice of Four Podcast, the number one at gmail.com. Who am I to say anything? Hmm. I was, I'm actually on that journey as well. Two years ago, we, our son was diagnosed with Down syndrome. And I have a vision board here. Nancy, I'm going to take my mic off. When you start talking again, I'm going to grab my vision board because when doctors start to look at me every month and saying to me, your child have a diagnosis. Yep, you gonna, this is what it's always going to be. Nothing's going to be different. It's going to need you guys for the rest of your life. And there's group homes out there, great group, group homes. And oh, on top of that, he has a hole in his heart. And yep, we're going to plan for this open heart surgery. And oh, there's going to be a scar right here. We'll just, you know, open and we're going and we'll fix and we'll come back out. And he look at me and he, he's trying to ch- convince me that this is what it is. And there's nothing different. Well, that's when I wanted was to scream. But thank God for the help of my pastor. He said, Marsha, what doctor sees in the natural is absolutely natural. But because we, and for those of you out there who believes, you know, that we strive from in the supernatural, right? So that's where you have to, you have to lean into. Okay. You might be saying, but Marsha, I don't believe in probably what you believe in. Don't turn me off it. Don't turn me off it. Don't turn about us. Because we have a lot more to share with you. We need to hear about Chloe's journey and all the stuff she's doing right now to help you motivate, be motivated. But guess what? I if just want to want fit. You lean into your faith. Whatever your source is, lean into that. And we're all going to call it good. And we're going to support those babies. Because remember, like an apple has its potential inside of it which is those seeds that were biting into the core, so is your child. Nancy. I just want to add to that, and I love that analogy. I think it's the most beautiful analogy I've ever heard. And I just want to speak to those moms that have already had those children that might be in that place 
that they feel that they're hitting rock bottom. And sometimes rock bottom is exactly where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Because rock bottom necessarily isn't a bad place. Rock bottom is a place that you can only go up. And I think rock bottom is a place where inspiration comes from. It becomes a place of empowerment. It really becomes a place that you can move from. Because when you hit rock bottom, it's a pl- you can't go any further than that. And so for yes. all you moms that feel that you might be in that place or you might be in that place in your relationship because, and this also goes for, um, you know, husbands as well and dads, yes. because sometimes um, in, in um, I guess, was in those relationships, a lot of these relationships separate. And I've been very blessed in my relationship that my husband and I have always loved each other, may have become disconnected because my priorities changed but we have come back to a beautiful place in our relationship where we are now supporting each other in such a different way and really stepping into what it means to co-parent from this place and co-parent from a child with, um, you know, with some adverse symptoms and then a child that's experienced the adverse childhood experiences from having a sibling with these issues. And I think that this is really quite an empowering place So just remember that if you are in this bad place of just no hope, losing sight of what your future might look like and losing sight of just going being isolated in your world, because it can create isolation and it most definitely created it in mine. And um, and then you're the parent with that child. You know, you're going, oh, you're labeled with that. Oh, yes, here we come. We have to accommodate that. It changes everything in your life. But remember, it can come from a different place as well. And we are becoming a more united world. And just remember that there are more and more kids like this. So there's more and more families coming together to support each other. Please embark on that journey because I have not done it for many, many years. And this is why I am doing this podcast is because I think it's time now not to be in my story, but to empower others to come out of that story and create inspiration and give their children and their families the potential that we all have from the learnings that came from experiencing this. Because this is just something that's very new in my world. And I would like to give that, if I could give that to a family that's just starting out, not 12 years into the life, that would be a beautiful gift because your child could be anything. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that journey. 12 years into it. So I am, uh, we are on two, two years onto the journey. And I tell you, Nancy, I would never, we would never look back. We wouldn't change this thing for, for, for nothing in this world. Of course, I'm, I'm, at like, I'm on both sides. I'm, I have five who society called normal kids. And we have a one who is unique. And I tell you, Nancy is, is the most warmest. Of course, all my kids are warm, right? But I tell yeah. you, this one is give me so much warmth, love, right? That I wouldn't change it for nothing else. And I like what you said, you know, it's time to come out of our story. One of the things that I love to say is that the stories is the thing you have got you have gone through that you wouldn't wish for nobody else. But the lessons that 
you you and I learn, that's the teachable piece right there. That's the piece that we said, okay, when I have gone through it, this is how, you know, here's what I learned. And that's what, that's what I'm sharing, right? So mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that. And you, you're in, in Radio Line and listen to the sound of our voice. Guess what? I want to challenge you to start journal the journey. Start to journal the journey. Not only, yes, we're capturing the moments, but it's also therapeutic for you. Because next month, baby's going to do something that's going to blow your mind. And be like, oh my gosh, last month he was not doing this. And this month he's doing this. Keep that journal, journey, the journey. And don't give up on your child, please. I love what Nancy said that she started to just take back her, 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 her power. And she burned that blue book. I said, sorry, you burned that blue book. Because now we could start to go back to the blue book and turn the pages and just wrong, wrong. And just create a different. <laughs> you know, just correct. You know, don't, don't be mad at them, but just like correct. And then look at, wow. No, we need to change the book, the book from blue to whatever color you choose. <laughs> oh, no, I don't highly recommend anyone burning that book. It's, it's not been ideal. It's had its downfalls. But it was what was necessary for me <laughs> to step out of someone else's story that they had written for my child. And for me then to step into another chapter of me writing her story that meant that she was going to be independent at whatever level that is, it's going to take me to get there. So that's, but no, please, all your guests, all the people that are watching, don't burn anything. (laughs) But guess what? At the same time, because I mean, you can have, you know, it's like to talk about the law of polarity. If the wrong is on one end, then right is on the other end. You got to do what you got to do so that you can burst through the lies and all the stuff that's coming against what you, you knew, which is your deep intuition, right? So you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so I don't have to do the work on burning the blue book. Oh, thank goodness. One less thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when did it start? So here we are. We come, we, we went down into the, into the dark place right there. We see the challenges. When did you start to see the light? When it all started for Miss Chloe, and then take us on Miss Chloe's journey right now. Okay, well, the light started um, probably a couple months into her life, really, um, is that because Chloe screamed and she vomited, and so she could never be put down. So, but what she used to do is that I suppose what happened was that through this man, um, this Dr. Challoner, who was an eye doctor, but who was a beautiful man, he said because she was screaming so much, she was grasping for air and it built wind, so she could never lie down, right? Because if she lied down, she had tummy pains. Yes. But what she so what she used to do is that she used to pat me, and mm. I actually have this amazing. I've actually brought this mm. with me actually, um, because this is her little teddy bear. She loves Cowie, and she loves um, yeah, it's a picture. Oh. That's Cowie. Okay. Cowie. Cowie. But she used to, Cowie, I know, he's very special in our world. And she used to pat me on the back three times. And when she patted me on the back three times, I knew 
I knew that I could put her down and that she would lie down and she was safe. I have wow. no idea how this newborn baby who couldn't hold her head and was lifeless could could do this thing. How did she know to do this? Potential. And potential. And so yeah. we went to a place called Tresillion and it's a sleep place. And this is a very this is a not a, this is not a very nice story, but they had psychiatrists there and they took her off me and they said that she had this learned behavior. And they could have put me in a straitjacket because I was volatile. So they usually lie the kids down and they have to scream, right, until they learn that their parents aren't showing up. And they teach them how to put themselves to sleep. Mm -hmm. And they took her away from me, but they make you watch behind the glass door, right? It's like yes. you're being in an interrogation yes. room. Oh, jeez. This probably is bringing a little bit of trauma up for me. And, All right, um, let's and, go there only if you want to. Well, okay? it's okay, but I'd like to share it. This is really powerful for people, okay. so I'm okay with okay. sharing this. This is what it means. This is why the doctors, they think that they know and they think that they're just another child that fits the thing, and this is what you should do, and these are the books that you should read because they give you these books and there's all these parenting books out there, but not one of them tells you to trust yourself. You oh. know. So they took Chloe away and they screamed and they made her lie in her vomit because oh. she needed to learn her lesson. Oh, geez. And I went volatile because I'm going, you can't do that to her because she hasn't petted me three times on the back. And they, that was when they decided that they were going to take Chloe away from us. And I said, but you can't take her away because no one knows. And anyway, a, a very amazing man came into the picture and I don't know his name. And he was also a very old doctor who, who practiced medicine in the original days, you know, when they were all encompassed instead of having a specialty. I don't know yep, if anyone yep. can specialize in babies, right? And he said, this mother knows or something about this baby, this mother knows. And we went out and he took me for a walk and he said, go and buy your little girl, the most special teddy bear that you can have. And he says, and hold it and tell her that she's enough and, and you are enough and you're doing the right job. And he's the man that advocated for me to say that I was enough as a parent and that I knew what she was doing and the, how she was trying to communicate to me in a way that other children that are more mainstream, I suppose, can't communicate. That was her way of speaking to me. And it was such a powerful, powerful lesson for me. And, um, but so her journey started there is that I trusted this three pat thing and I knew that there was more in her. And that's the pats and the giggle that she had when she, we could get her to giggle. Um, yes made me want to, I suppose, just keep going, keep going. <laughs> when I didn't think I could, mm. <laughs> when I didn't think I could. Um, so we had the car accident. Um, we didn't, we, we tried I, just to give a break from her because she could quite, we tried to put her in mainstream daycare. It didn't work. They wanted them to be academic or something. I don't yes. think kids should be academic until they're 12. But that's another story. And I think that, yeah, I just, I went to a Tresillian, like a, a Steiner school. It's like a Waldorf school. It's a school that kids go back into nature. Okay. We went there and we met some amazing parents who said, there's an amazing woman. She does crazy stuff. Why don't you go and see her? 
And I'm going, alrighty oh. And anyway, so we went there and she was a chiropractor. Yes. And she did neuroplasticity type things like um, the Dr. Malalo method. And she spun Chloe in a chair. Chloe had not spoke at this time. She had words we understood, but not anyone else could understand. She spun her in a chair and made her look at this red and white tape. And I'm going, oh my goodness, I've really lost the plot now, right? <laughs> going, oh dear, where am I going now? <laughs> right, right. And she came, yeah, and she came home and she said her sister's name. And that's the first word that she's ever said. And I went, I think we're going back to that place. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I think we're going back there. <laughs> How old was she at this time? She was um, four at that stage. So, so Chloe had never walked independently by herself out in public to her second birthday, and she took two steps at the Brankston pub. That means nothing to anyone else, but to me, it was absolutely phenomenal because Chloe couldn't walk. Um, Chloe had no words. She had no fine motor skills. She had no gross motor skills. She had a hard time holding up her head. Um, yeah, like it was it was pretty tough times. Like we were still giving her a bath. Her um, Emily, when she wanted to give her a bath, we've got photos of Chloe lying in the bathtub sound asleep because she was so exhausted from screaming. Mm -hmm. It was just really challenging. We couldn't go out because she couldn't handle loud noises. So I used to drop her older sister off at playgroup and sit outside so my oldest daughter could have friends because we couldn't have friends because she was so sensitive to noises. Right. Like, I mean, the story was um, people used to come out and babysit Chloe so I could come maybe and engage in conversation. And then I became isolated because it just became too hard. It just, life just became complicated <laughs> in a way that wasn't much mm. fun. Wow. You know, I'm, it's amazing. It's amazes me every time you speak because I'm hearing that decision piece. And this is what I focus on in the coaching program that I do. I hear the decision piece, how powerful that is. I hear the advocacy piece. I know I'm hearing the community part of it. You know, after we get our diagnosis and I was so, my husband was at work the day when the doctor called us in. And that's a whole other journey where that the males go through as well, right? Yeah. But then I started to realize that it's not much is needed in terms of, you know, taking care of a child who has a diagnosis, it feels more like to me over and over again. And as I'm listening to them, I'm listening to those key words, those major points, and I'm hearing decision. It's key to make a decision one way or the next, one when we just find out. And then we have to turn around again and make another decision to be that advocate for that child. And then we have to make a decision to make and to build the community and the community, like you said, to me, that community is, it, 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 has, it doesn't have to be huge. I think it's more better when it's small, it's strong and it's at a wide. I don't know if that's a good description, but when you said you can go to places, you couldn't have friends because you can, you know, the noise, but then you, you have a one or two person who would come and take her so you could go, you know, you guys could go socialize and then come back. Would you say, would you add anything else to these three things? Decision? I think community. Oh, I think community is so important. I shut down for the community. I didn't shut down community for my oldest daughter. 
but I shut community down for me and for Chloe because I felt burdened and responsible for her. And it was really challenging because as that mom, and I look back on it now, as a mom, we feel responsible for our children. And yes. we take on this burden so heavily and that we then feel that we're a burden to society because we have these children if there is not that support. Now, I think in cities it's different because there are networks, but because I'm from the country, you know, yes. I'm the only one that has that child. We're the, we're the family that has something wrong with our child. So we're the odd one out. Everyone yes. else is out playing. Everyone else is out socializing. All the kids are running around. But I'm the one that has to hold the child. I'm the one that can't go where loud noises are. I'm the one that can't go out. It's really hard to go out. We have to go home because she can't sleep out because she's so sensitive. So it's like it becomes so complicated for us to integrate into the world. Yes. Because this child can't actually be a part of it. So you become, you feel like a burden to the community. And that was profound. And I think that if you're giving a mom that, because if you do, I don't have, Chloe doesn't have autism or any behavior problems, right? So Chloe is a person who loves, she loves people. But oh. when she was younger, she couldn't actually be a part of the world because her sensitivities and her neurological development and her comprehension, they were like red alerts to her and she went into panic mode. And because the health system not 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 blaming the health system yes because she came into the world so fear-based because she was poked and prodded and told she was hopeless and she can't do all those things and she heard all this in her essence because she knows we know what we just because we might not have a cognitive awareness of whatever it is that disability is showing up as people still have feelings it's, it's a still no right and so when you're told all of these things all the time her perception of the world was so she was so fear-based. So to come out into the world, you know, traumatized her. And this is massive. And we have to really look at a person with, a, with these adverse symptoms in such a holistic way and supporting them on a far greater level because they don't have our awareness. They don't have the, the ability to integrate the information in a way that young children do. And young children up until the age of, you know, really 10, 8, you know, are still trying to understand it from their parents' perception, aren't they? Like they're watching and they're learning and they're absorbing yes. and then they're getting feedback. But our kids with disabilities don't have that ability to do that. They're taking it in at a far deeper level and becoming, you know, we have become as parents and as moms, most most probably moms, but sometimes dads and sometimes siblings, you know, we become their safety. And when, you know, we are not feeling safe in that world because of perceptions and social idealisms, right. you know, our children can feel that and take that on as, board, as on board as well. So there's a whole scenario when it comes to mainstream parenting. And then there's a, a whole deeper level that comes in parenting with having a child that's unique. Unique child. And not, they're just, not. Um, yeah. Would Oh my goodness, this, this, are, this is beautiful information. And guys, if you're if you're just joining us, we're talking to Miss Nancy Dent. She's all the way out there from Australia and she's sharing her journey. Her journey as a mom with a child is unique. And if you're on that journey, I'll say, stick it out. Stick it out, find us, surround yourself uh, with people that you want in your circle. And yes, you need people. You need people, but guess what? You have the power to choose them. 
and you have the power to fire them, especially if it's not supported. Not saying don't take wise counsel, but if things are going against your knowing and your intuition as a mom, hey, you gotta you gotta let those people go to your circle, okay? Because mothers know best. Mothers do know uh, know best. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not, no kidding. Nancy's 12 years on the journey. I am two years on it and we're loving it. Right. And like she said, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta trust that instinct. Right. Mothers know. Don't ever second guess yourself. Yep. The world is going to tell you you're crazy. The world's going to tell you this is what's going to be. Just listen because you have to go to the appointments. But when you go home, keep digging and searching for, for more because it's in there. Just like the apple. Remember, the apple has its potential embedded inside of it. Need no opinions. And guess what? It does not need or eat its own fruit either. Nancy, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> these analogies, right? But I've never seen the apple tree saying, hey, I need one of you or one of us. So that's this, the flip side of our life is that when we have gone through the situations in life, the lessons that we learn, Nancy, it's not for you anymore. It's for me. It's for that other person on the journey, right? How is Miss Chloe doing today? And how is your work impacting your life? And what are you doing for parents right now with the work that you do? Um, well, I think that I've got a lot more, I've got a lot more work to do not a lot more work. I think I have to own, I think by coming here and sharing my story with you and yes. the vision that I have for humanity, really, and this is not just for people with uniqueness because we are in a world of people not believing in their worth anyway, right? Yes. We're, we're becoming um, like a mob mentality and I really think that we need to step out into our uniqueness. So this goes for everyone, not right. just for the child that's unique. But Chloe is absolutely amazing. And just for parents that are out there, I have no idea about anything that I've done, right? I have gone and stepped out into some really out there fields. I have done neuroplasticity. I have done homopathy. I have done energy medicine. I have done faith. I have done chiropractor, retained primitive reflexes, primitive reflexes i have done cellular communication i have done so many like i've done ancestral healing i have done soul retrievals like i have done so many things in the healing journey of chloe that if i went in there and just went no i don't think so she wouldn't be where she is today so what really i'd love to empower everyone is that no matter what your belief is no matter where you stand in, in all of your philosophies and what society says you should be doing or shouldn't yes. be doing, just do it. Just say yes and just go for it. Because some things I still use, some things I don't, some things I do and then I don't do for a long time and then I go back to. Because it's a you're, you're dealing with a person who has a whole range of abilities and our body is amazing and we live in this really energetic world and there's just so many things out there and so many amazing people out there that are discovering and that are expanding their awareness that can support these children so 
even if you hear something and it's crazy beyond your <laughs> beyond your imagination, but you've seen it, you've seen it for a reason. And so just go for it. Just, mm. just do it. Just do it because you don't know what the opportunity will be. And just because you do something and you might not see the benefits, you also know where not to focus. And then you can take your focus somewhere greater. Right. And it can be the next level because I have been to places and just gone, what in the world am I doing here? And I've talked to someone in my doom and gloom and going, oh my goodness, here's my story again. And they yes. go, but you know what? There's a man down the road that does this stuff. And my grandmother went to go and see him. And it's absolutely, it's like 5D neuroplasticity. And you can go and do that. I'm going, oh, Chloe can't do that. She can't even stand up. We went there and it was the best thing ever, but I couldn't hear about it because I live way out here and this person was way down here. So share your story because there's always someone out there who knows something. There is always someone out there. And it, that just has been the greatest gift because Chloe would not be where she is today without me advocating for her, but she wouldn't be out there either unless the people had gone out and pushed horizons because those people have gone looking for answers and going, yeah, this might be here, but what if we can take this person to here? And let me tell you, those people want to inspire your child to be the best version of themselves. And there is so many people out there that do not want to limit your child to this, in these brackets of this label of whatever the diagnosis is that they've given it so they feel good. There are mm. people out there that are pushing limits and go and find them. Because like I said, like my daughter is, She's been on amazing things on television. She's inspiring other chil children to do amazing things. Like she's riding her horse. She's joined a dance club for the first time. So she's integrating into society. She's, um, she's joined the local pony club so she can saddle her own horse and ride. I, I mean, I'm telling you but she wouldn't be here if also these other people that are out there. And I promise you, every single mom, dad, family, grandparent, care Forgivers. adopted mother whatever it is that's out there there are people out there that have got skills that can support these very beautiful people to get to hmm. the next level of their development of whatever that is for them i if not I may, ever to give up if, so, if, yeah marcia it's a big, big passion <laughs> or it's a huh? big, big it's a big vision that I have. So um, it's, it's massive in my heart. Yes. I mean, you're, I mean, you, you are a perfect person to work that vision. It's in your heart. It's your, it's your, it's your story. It's your journey. It's the lessons that you learn. But if I may add to that, is that a diagnosis is a label, guys. It's a label. Like for our son diagnosed with Down syndrome, I like to break it apart. And I'm breaking it apart for years because I used to work with children and young adults with developmental challenges. So from a long time, I learned that diagnosis are labels. Why do I say that? Because when you hear Down syndrome, oh my God, you already think something down and dark. But Down's was the doctor who labeled the characteristics. And I think there's another doctor alongside him as well. But Dr. Downs labeled the syndromes. 
Guys, your child, when you get that diagnosis, that paper, your child is who it was meant to be. Your child is also a part of your family. Give your child his name and go by the name because who he is. Not your labels. My child is not a Down syndrome. Dr. Downs was a doctor and these, we have these syndromes. He discovered them and they, give, and they put them into perspectives. That's what it is. So if I can, if I, you know, if you don't remember anything that I share, my two cents is the, the diagnosis is a label. Same with cerebral palsy, same with autism. That's not your child. And guess what? At the end of the day, the brain is where the damage happened. Nancy, is the brain is the issue. Because I must tell you, the brain is not like, don't do things like how we do it. If the brain did not get the information, please don't expect any output. And if, the, and if there's one more thing I could add to that is when you have a child without, or any kids for that matter of fact, because I can't speak on both ends. I'm, I'm that mom. <laughs> yeah. Put the child on the floor. Give the child a lot of movements. And then see, probably you, you can attest to that. And when I said put them on the floor, I don't mean go put them on the cold, clammy, dirty, dusty floor. No, a good way to test the floor is to go down there yourself. If it's cold, if it's uncomfortable, if you can see the dust and the moss and the cobweb peeping out from under the stove and okay, it's time to clean it up before you put that child down there. The only thing you don't want to do don't let him don't let him sleep down there. Sleep down there if you have to. But don't let him eat down there. Don't let, you know, there's a take him up and go give him his walk and so on. But the floor is his best friend. Why? You need movements. And if the brain, the brain needs to know how to move, right? Oh, this is a probably a whole different podcast. This is not the place for it. I've seen oh, no. you in America. <laughs> Oh, no, you in America, there's an organization called the Family Hope Center, and they work with children all over the, um, everywhere, and we were lucky enough to go and meet them, and if I, and if they were, could come back, and I had the finances to do what we go and do, they were absolutely amazing, and I think that if every bouncer Every pram, every iPad, everything should be taken away from a baby, because if you if you can get them on the floor, you can give them life. Take them away. They do not look cute in a bouncer. They do not look cute in a pram. They do not get them on the floor and on their tummy, and they may not like it because the pathways aren't aligned. You know, because they don't feel comfortable. Get them on the floor. I'm right behind you, Marsha. Get them on the floor and you'll give them life. There you go. There you yeah. go. Why? Because the brain needs the information to, move, to, to bring out, give us the outputs. Yeah. I, I love when you share, and I, and I really love that the doctor who come in and said, the baby is not seen. And the minute you give Chloe her glass, glasses, it changes things drastically, didn't it? Right, Marsha, we've done that much neuroplasticity with Chloe that Chloe does no longer need glasses. At 18 months, she had the worst eyes that Dr. Challoner had ever seen. And she's 12 years, she hasn't wore glasses for three years. Oh, we gotta, we gotta probably get you back and do like a part two and you just dive into, <laughs> into <laughs> a part two, yes. I mean, 
I get I get choked up for words because I know the power of all of this and all of this chaos and confusion and and uh, you know worry that's been imparted to our parents. That's why I'm doing things like this. You know, when you talk about you know if you had the money and the resources, that's why I'm starting also a nonprofit because my you my visions and my goals and everything are so huge. They're out of this world. And I love it because when I meet a mom who says financially, because I couldn't do it, I couldn't go to the professionals, the places that really is focusing on the brain, that the brain has a problem. And that's what we're going to try and stimulate, not to go in and do a surgery and all of that, but to stimulate it by giving the brain, giving the child the exercise on the floor, changing the diet, right? I have conversation with the child. Those who can walk, we give them you know, daily exercise to go around the block and back. It looks silly, but guess what? That's what we are doing with Nathan right now. What did we found? I was up in the middle of the night one night and I said, God, if you give me this child, no, there's a pathway. And I know it's not gonna be from the regular pediatrician. We love our doctors, our pediatrician and our nurses. We love them. But we as mothers who have kids who are different, there's always something in our gut that says there's more. Mm. And I was searching in the middle of the night one night and I found the Institute for the Development of Human Potential. And of course, like you said, the money. Okay, we were ready for, we, I mean, we, 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 we did all we have to do so we could do that course. And it's called, What to Do About Your Brain Injured Child. And we learned everything that is about the brain. Oh, we were on the floor crawling because I said, we're gonna get baby down on the floor because the baby didn't crawl properly, you know? It didn't, the brain is not wired. Well, properly. I've crawled 1.6 kilometers a day too, Marsha. I've done it too. <laughs> I have so, creeped and crawled and I've got masks. Yeah, most definitely. We had our house sit up like a gym. We're on the floor. We're crawling. We were doing all that. Oh, we employed someone. We and didn't have no mask. When you speak about, all right, okay. Well, yours, my daughter was, was 10. My daughter was 10 when we did this. Yeah, so it was it was intensive. But you know what, when we talk about money, because money, I know the cost people. And for us, I know the cost that we've put into our daughter to get to where we're going. And, um, and I know that, um, you know, we, ha we have really put a lot of input into doing that. And when we can't go somewhere else, because something is so expensive, and not because it's not quality. But I think that you can always go and do something. So yes. as long as you're doing something. So when yes. we couldn't go and when because of COVID, they couldn't come back to Australia, right? So when we did that, we then said, all right, we can't do that anymore. We took her out of school and did a 10 month program. But now I have the tools and she's got this foundation. Now I'm going to go and do this. And now I'm going to focus on this. So no matter what something costs or what, you know, and you think, oh, I can't do that anymore because of the cost, go and look somewhere else and just retrain your focus because maybe you weren't meant to be there. Maybe it was too expensive because you were not, not because it didn't, you didn't have the funds, but because you needed to be redirected to do something else first. If I could. Because so that's yeah. such a powerful thing because I know the cost and in America, you know, the cost of healthcare is through the roof. And I know that they don't support integrative therapies in the world. And so us parents that are choosing to have, choosing something different for our children, 
it's a huge financial burden, right? It really is. But remember that if you really want it and whatever is necessary will come into your world at the right time and you will be supported when you take this path. It will absolutely, it will warm your heart. Your heart will be warmed when you embrace on this journey. And, and may, may I add that if, of course, we're not even going to say if, right? Given that if money is, the, if, let's say if money is the problem, here's three things you probably can do. Get the floor clean, get baby down on the floor, go down on the floor with baby, right? Because it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not the label is the problem, it's the brain. And guess what? Take the brain mm-hmm. out. We have no baby. We have no life. We have no nothing. That's the, the driving box. That's the box right there that moves and sends mm-hmm. signal to everything else. So I said, clean the floor. Go down there and test it yourself. People are going to say you're weird. Take baby out of the stroller, out of the walker, out of the wheelchair, out of the different devices them. I don't really do know them because I don't use them. Not saying that you don't yes. need them if you have to go places to make it easier for transport. But put baby on the floor. Why, Marsha? Because the brain has the issue. And when we put baby down there, the brain, and help with movement sometimes, help with the, with, the, with the crawling pattern in some. There's an exercise we do that called patterning. That's a whole different kind of another thing. But you know where to find me, right? And we have a group. We're going to put all the links in there. You can go find me over there. We share, we share cost-effective things over there. When I say cost-effective things, universal things that we can all do. Clean the floor, put baby down, and get on the floor with baby. Eliminate sweets. Eliminate the sugar. Of course, mm-hmm. um, you and Nancy, you and I know that our, ba- our kids who are different do not eat every and anything, right? And that's another issue, too. Oh, well, I don't think anyone <laughs> should be eating sugar anymore, right? <laughs> Let alone kids. <laughs> if you can't find anything else, give them water, give them clean water to drink, right? Speak uh, to them. Water. Our body is made of water, right? Have yep. conversation with baby, right? If you if you can't do anything else, anything you give her to ear, she to look at, put it in black and white. Nancy is supposed to can attest to that. It helps with the yeah. eyesight. You know, do your own little tests and so on. I mean, people are gonna not believe what you're doing, but keep keep working that for right now. And if baby is moving and can walk, get somebody else to hold you and go. You know, go up in the hall in the house if you can go because of weather. Or you go out to the driveway and you walk around in circle. That's exercise for the brain. Guys, it's a brain thing, mm. not a label. And if baby, you know, it's like, Marsha, my baby cannot move at all. Okay, that's fine. Put him on the floor and keep doing some form of exercise. Some, keep getting them in the, in, the, in the crawling pattern in exercise. I wish I could show you what we do with our son. We take about three of us. But there is so much, um, if so you much. look it up, there is looking up, like looking up all those exercises, like they, yes. they teach you how to crawl. They teach you how to put your hand underneath your foot, underneath their foot and push it. And then you've yes. got Support. your partner, your kids pulling their arms and stretching. Yes, Marsha, I'm right Get behind you. Get them out of the chair. <laughs> I want to put it <laughs> Get them out of the wheelchair. If you, have to, if you have to travel and go places. I ain't gonna tell you don't you know lift those baby up and, and hurt your back because they need you, right? But as soon as they get mm. home, remove all like, the floor is clean and nice. Don't let anybody wear any shoes in the house. Get baby on the floor. And if you don't remember anything else, remember the crawling and the creeping pattern. 
if you can get them moving mm. daily like this, what that's going to do? It's going to build the dendrites, right? And that's how learning and everything happened. Nobody telling us these things, right? So a little every day, you might see no progress. Look at my fingers. A little every day, no progress. Another day, it comes. Consistency, frequency. Another time, another time everything's like standstill, probably because you're inconsistent, you get frustrated, but keep going. What are we building? We're building those dendrites. And guess what's going to happen next? Bam! They said that neurons that fire together, wire together. I know that they connect. Don't stop. Keep doing, keep doing. And next thing, like Chloe, make her first word, four years old. She called her sister's name. What was happening? All of those neurons were strengthening and strengthening and strengthening. And now she could see a little bit better. And then mommy's over there pushing her. And, you know, bam, bam, bam. The neurons wire. That's how it functions. It's a brain. Guys, if you don't take anything else from us, Nancy, it's a brain thing. Keep working it. Get baby on the floor. Oh, we're going to keep, we're going to keep, Nancy, why do you want to leave with our people? Oh my, we get excited about these things, okay? Because we know. And please do it before they're 10. Because I can tell you, being with a 10-year-old who's, a, I'm five foot one and she's looking near me in the eye, I can tell you that get them on the floor, the sooner the better. Because if I would have known what I'd known when she was 10, and if someone would have said to me, because I couldn't have Chloe on the floor because she was lying in her vomit. No one told me that. No, it wasn't my path. I could not have had Chloe on the floor because there would have been no way because as soon as she lied down, before she had her glasses on, she was vomiting. She was covered in vomit. She had no drooling. She, her whole face was wet. She had rashes down in front of her because she had that much drool on her. Like we had a couple bibs on her because she had no ability to swallow and sucking and no nothing. So I'm, I'm telling you people that the, the work that Marsha talks about, do it now, wherever you are in your life. And if you've got a new baby, and they talk about SIDS and all of those things and get your baby on, on their tummy as much as you can every single time because the baby probably only dies because it suffocates because it can't lift its heads because it's being held up the whole time. Get it down on its tummy. Babies are meant to, meant to be that way. They're meant to come out that way. Like they're meant to be doing that even when they come out naturally. It's part of... It's part of a primitive reflex that's inside of us and society has taken it away and they're not educating new mothers today. And Marcia and I are advocating for it left, right, and center. Oh my God. I feel so much compassion when I do this. I feel so much compassion. I feel so much love. I feel so much because we see the potential in our kids, right? And I love what you said when you say you put back your power. Took your power back. Ladies, don't actually, who don't, who haven't given it away already? Don't give it away. I know I've given you it take away. Just give it back to me. Why? Because you need, and you are, mothers knows best. I have, I have a, a thing here that's called um, special mama. It was just reading out these things about how special we are. Ladies, you are. Dads, you are. I can't emphasize more. Don't give up on your child. Don't give up on him. Like the apple, its potential is within. And your story and everything that's, that the journey that you're on, 
it's what you're going to use one day like us. We can stand here, we can share every aspect of the journey. I mean, there's nothing for me that's the secret, right? And if I, Nancy, if I may speak a few minutes to a mom out there today, probably she just get the news or probably she, you know, she's still expecting. And probably she's a woman who's a woman of faith. And you're like, Marsha, so what do I do? Did God cause this? No, it did not, right? So whatever you have to do to strengthen yourself, my advocacy, our advocacy was taken to a whole nother level. We had was to put a picture in front of us and everything to drive the focus. Do what you got to do to stand by your child. Their future is within. Don't let anybody else tell you and paint a picture of it. Nancy, any, any takeaway, the last word, anything from you? One more thing. <laughs> you have so much wisdom over there. Oh, uh, well, um, it's learned wisdom, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> for every family out there, for me, I would just love to share that you are enough. And there is going to be good days and there's going to be some really, really bad days. Yes. And, and I think that if you could just love your, yourself a little bit more in those bad days and be forgiving, and when you can't do the exercises and you can't show up for your child on those days, know that that's perfect as well. Yes. Because there is going to, your life is different and your life is never going to be the same as what we perceive it to be in this world. But it also can be the greatest day of your life and the gifts that come with this, no matter how bad your life is and no matter if your child hits you or bites you or you have to change your whole entire home or whatever it may be, because I don't have that in my life. But whatever it is in your life that you need to nurture yourself so you can be the best mother, parent, carer of that child. Both really just embrace that. Embrace that. I was going to say this. Because you're you're really going to need to get through. And know that that is okay. And that everything has, there's this man that that I've listened to. He says, everything has and everything will be okay. But it might be in the imperfection that it's Hmm. perfect. So just, I send you my love. And I just, like, I pray that you will be, that you will embrace that you are enough in every moment. Wow. And you have these children for a reason. Wow. If somebody want to reach out to you, where can I find you? What's your, what's your well, social media? Well, since Marsha, I'm just stepping out of my story <laughs> and stepping out into the world. So you hopefully, um, or not hopefully, you will see more of me to inspire other mothers. Okay. is that I am at Simply Rise Up and you can just private message, message me at the moment. So Simply Rise um, Up is your Facebook page? It's a Facebook page, yes. And okay. if you want to friend Nancy Dent and like that page and become my friend um, and just and send me a message that you've heard me with Marsha and you're going through some tough times, Let's do it. I'm here. Let's do it. Nancy, thank you so much for sharing. And yeah. I'm so excited to hear about Miss Chloe's journey and all that she's doing. I know she beat the odds. I'm so glad you burned that blue book. 
because it seems like it propels you into being the stronger advocate that you are. The world needs more of you. And thank you someone for stepping out of your story and now sharing the lessons. And that's why platforms like this will keep growing and get stronger. And it can also grow stronger for the persons who are joining us for the first time and you want to partner with us financially. Of course, we know this is the internet, but whatever, we're going to keep doing these just the same because I'm in the business of equipping, sharing my journey and sharing the journey and the stories of others to equip you so you can be the strong advocate that inside of you so you can know that you're not crazy, you're not hearing voices, you know, you're just finding and hearing things that's coming against your gut that you know that your child has more inside of you. I think the next step is going to be, next month is Father's, Father's, we, have, we want to celebrate Father's. So for the entire month of June, we're going to celebrate our men. We're going to celebrate our fathers. We're going to celebrate grandfathers, stepfathers, adopted fathers, and even deceased fathers. Because I am one of, I'm fatherless now. <laughs> one year. Mm. We want to celebrate our men. If it wasn't for our men, we couldn't be up in here talking about motherhood. Until next time. Nancy, thank you for joining us. And listeners, thank you for listening. Until next time, walk good. You have been listening to Voice of Hope with Marcia Weigum. We're glad that you were able to join us today and that you found the program inspiring. For further information, please email voiceofhopepodcast1 at gmail.com. That's voiceofhopepodcast1 at gmail.com. Listen again next time for Voice of Hope.